everyone, and welcome back to Slapcast. This is episode 15 of our coverage of the 2022-23 season. I'm your host, Gage, as usual, and I want to extend a huge and warm welcome to all of you to our very first World Cup intensive podcast. The tournament has begun as of yesterday at time of recording, and we will be getting across the action that has already occurred, as well as previewing the remainder of the tournament. Of course, the United States played today, so we are going to thoroughly dissect that particular result. I bring to you some news, of course, as you may see if you are a YouTube viewer, which if you're not, go check it out. Although you can watch us on Spotify now. It's also true. So you can watch us on Spotify. You can watch us on Spotify now. We are approved for video podcasts. So the video version is available on Spotify to all those who are unaware. Uh, Reese is here. Hello, Reese. Hello. And Josh is also here. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am, um, dis- well, not disappointed. I'm slightly dismayed that Ethan couldn't join us tonight, but he is preoccupied with a worthy task. So uh, we're cheering him on. I'm just going to leave it at that. But Ethan, when you inevitably listen back to this for editing or something, we love you. Uh, and we're so <laughs> hyped for you. Um, anyway, listeners, leave all your best wishes for Ethan in the comments, even though you have no idea what I'm talking about. Just do it anyway. Let's get into the tournament, fellas. Actually, let's don't because it's question of the daytime, and I can't believe I almost skipped over that. So dap us up, Josh. So I figured this one would be a pretty easy question because you two thought this was the question last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your all-time favorite World Cup kit? Um, oh, gosh. I have an answer if you want me to go first. Yeah, you go, go ahead. Okay. This is kind of a gimme probably because I feel like a lot of people would say this if you asked them, but the 2018 Nigeria home kit is just one of oh, the greatest things yeah. I've ever laid eyes yeah, on, to be honest. I, I was trying to remember what I picked last week and it was that one. <laughs> I told you we had the same one because yeah. that, that thing was just gorgeous. I will say on a more personal note, uh, the I think it was technically our away kit, the U.S. away kit from 2014, the one with the blue shoulders, the white stripe, and the red on the bottom. Just that from a U.S. Great. from a U.S. perspective, I think that's probably my favorite uh, USA jersey, and it was the first kind of tournament that I watched, and so that's my prevailing memory. I could see um, John Brooks scoring that last minute header against Ghana like perfectly in my mind's eye. So the one you're wearing right now is probably my favorite USA kit. I love that one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That was like one of the first ones I bought with my own money. It was satisfying. I think you guys actually bought this one for me. I don't remember when. It was probably from like Christmas or my birthday or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was it was definitely from y'all because knowing me, I probably wouldn't have bought it myself. So (laughs) yeah, then the Nigeria kit would be my real answer, but to uh to have another answer just for diversity's sake, uh I really like the it's another 2018 kit, but the Japan home kit from that World Cup is really nice. Yeah, that actually, very nice. I also have, I'm going to throw in another honorable mention to the Belgium home kit from the same tournament because yeah. you guys also bought me that one. And that one uh, it's, it's, it's a really cool, really cool kit. So if, I'm I was, gonna go. if I was in Waco, I would grab it, but I'm not. So I'm going to go with the 2010 Germany away jersey, the black one with like the gold adidas stripes the gold adidas number that looked great and then a red stripe it's just super clean i love when germany goes with like the black red and gold i think it looks with like black as the primary Uh, i think it looks amazing it's super clean 
I just love that jersey and have not been able to find it for like an acceptable price. If we're talking like really retro jersey, well, I say really retro, like 90s, so not that retro, but like uh, those Germany kits with the flag like across and then it does oh, that little yeah. wave thing where it comes up this way. Those are you know clean. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, those are crazy. Dude, I love the uh, the Brazil 2002 World Cup ones from when they won. Those are yeah. just clean. The like, really baggy ones that like – Yeah. Yeah. They're like just different enough from every other Brazil kit to make them amazing. I have fond memories, and this kit's not even that unique, but uh, it was the team I was rooting for once we got knocked out in the um, 2014 World Cup. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's the uh, the Netherlands kit, home kit from that World Cup. It's pretty normal looking, but uh, I was always a fan of the full orange Except uh, I, I believe they had the orange shorts still as well. You know, they full decked out. Uh, it was pretty sleek, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was rooting for them in that tournament. Uh, I, I think that was the Flying Dutchman Van Persie goal. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have good memories of that kit. It was. They played a, I think it was Spain. a Spain game. Yeah. I've got two more things before we get into it. I've got like probably my favorite from the 2018 World Cup because I bought the south korea away jersey i think yeah. it's been jersey of the day before with like the, it's white and then it's got the like the blue yin yang with the bleeds into the red and it's just a super clean um the other one the netherlands jersey did not look that bad in the game i, I think so it disagree. looked a, i think it looked a lot better than the pictures did online i actually think it looked worse because you can't. You can't. There's read a lot the of numbers. issues with the camera. Yeah. With how it shows and also, up on camera. It like blurs the outlines of the players because of the like silk pattern when you're looking at it. I mean, maybe it was just the screen that we were watching it on. Although I don't really understand how that's possible. Like the the outline of the players is like blurry to my eyes. I don't know how to explain that, but it just I can't get I a good focal it's like- point on them. It's like when uh when there's like super like almost like a barcode like crosshatch pattern in like a TV or movie when you watch it it like does the rainbow thing with your eyes I don't know how yeah it works. it's like an optical illusion or something but I really like it I th- I think it's clean I think it looked a lot better than some of like the still shots that they posted like before the tournament started but. I understand why you wouldn't, but I like, I think it's just, I think I like how they want Nike went with something different. That wasn't just like, Oh, I'm going to make this. This was really funny. It was on like the men in blazers podcast. They said the neckline looks like somebody's head in like a museum on a bust. Like it looks like a, a human head on a bust that is just being carried around. Cause it's like white and then has like the box around it. Like okay, yeah, that I can kind of see it. The Netherlands kit? No, no, no. Like the Nike, like cons, the Nike concept with like the stupid neckline. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Like the one that we have. Yeah. Which the Netherlands one. actually have that on the back. It's That's weird. So they have like a black here. version of it on the back. I don't like that it's part. Super weird. It, I mean, we we have it on the back of ours as well. It's just also on the front. Yeah. That's awful. By the way, my voice sounds like this because primarily uh, over the weekend, I was at the Baylor TCU game screaming lots of uh, good Baptist things down at the opposition team <laughs> because we were sitting uh, 
it was the senior line game, which probably nobody knows what that means, but it means I got to sit right behind the opposing bench. So yelled lots of creative things down. I saw um, the video of the one that recent of the Baylor fan who was like ready to record as they kicked the field goal. Oh, that was so funny. Dude, we were going to storm the field and throw the goalpost into the Brazos. And unfortunately that didn't happen. But anyway, that totally side tangent. That's why my voice sounds like this and we'll probably continue to crack. Like I'm a seventh grader for the duration of the show. Um, aside from all that. You know whose voices aren't cracking? This is about to be the worst fans. segue I've ever. Oh that is a great segue. Fuck off, the Qatari fans. Their what does that have to do with anything? Because they were ass and had nothing to cheer for, and they're, you know, yeah. So the yeah the tournament kicked off. Actually, let's let's let's. Uh, I'm gonna say this as a general statement because I think a lot of people are faced with this sort of moral dilemma that is the existence of this tournament. Um. It, I don't mean to like gloss over the moral issues, but I think they've been covered enough by outlets that are far more proficient in talking about such things than we are. So, you know, if you, if someone in the comments wants to get philosophical with us, then, you know, we we're more than happy to talk about it, but I think it's been quite well documented, the issues that exist with the world cup and, um, you know, we don't want our analysis to be in bad taste or anything like that, but it's just, you know, something that's kind of above our pay grade a little bit, not that we don't have opinions on it, of course, but um, there's been, there's plenty of outlets who have done far greater work than, than we could do. So please, you know, if you, if you aren't aware of the situation, read about it. All that being said, um, the only thing more farcical than the existence of this tournament is the Qatar national team, (laughs) because they were embarrassing. Like they just like, they had no passion. Like, I like if you even if you look at like the highlights of the South Africa game, they were like so into it. They were just like super passionate. And the reason like they came out swinging, and it just they looked flat. They looked so anxious and so nervous to even like let a goal in. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 other bottom line about that is like South Africa is at least still a country where football is a prevalent part of culture. You know. Yeah. I mean, I realize that they have other sports that are probably bigger, but still at the same, at the same rate. I mean, they have one of the, probably the best domestic league in Africa. Um, so, mm. you know, they have a, who? Egypt or Morocco. Okay, fine. Egypt, Morocco, no shot. I'm, I'm taking Saudi Arabia. I'm talking, uh, not Saudi Arabia. I'm taking South Africa over them all the time. Kaiser chiefs. Come on. Orlando. Okay. Pirates. They're only in FIFA. Dude, you have Wyatt Casablanca who have won like the last two of the last three CAF champions leagues. We're not going to get into fair African enough, enough, football in, in this right now. Fair enough. Um, at any rate, my point is that they have a strong domestic league, you know, relative to countries around them. They weren't embarrassing. They didn't lose their opening game. By the way, Qatar first ever host nation to lose their opening game in the world cup's history. Yeah. yeah. And another even... stat for you. It's like the the team that wins their opening match goes through the group 80, 83% of the time or something like that. Yeah, and I totally believe that because it, it makes such a difference. Just even from a from a we'll get into this later, but from a US perspective, if we had won today, I would feel infinitely more confident about our ability to get through the group than I do at this exact moment. Yeah. But... I think it's it makes me nervous for the other Asian teams 
because like Qatar won the last Asian Cup and beat Korea in the final, I think. Or they beat Korea at some point on the road to the final. I so, think it was. I think it was in the final. I think it makes or they might be I don't know. I think they at least beat Korea. I don't know if they had to play Japan, but it makes me kind of nervous for if Japan and like Korea, who are the only probably bright spots in it, like are they gonna lay an egg in this? And then like I mean, Australia had to go through and like beat Peru to make it to the tournament. It makes you kind of nervous for like how the other Asian countries are gonna do. South Korea have a tough group too. So yeah. you know it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on them. Uh, Japan actually have a tough group as well, yeah. so it, they'll definitely get put to the sword. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. In terms of the game itself, though, <laughs> there was what I initially thought was a fraudulent offside call three minutes into the game, and I was um, quite concerned about the integrity of this tournament from that point going forward. Because until we got that 3D like animation scan about 30 minutes into the game, I was genuinely convinced that the referee had been bought because it was marginally offside. And it was one of those where the goalkeeper was far enough up the pitch that he wasn't counted in the offside decision. So it looked like a dead-on goal. But yeah, I, anyway. That's got to be my least favorite rule in soccer. Yeah, it just, is. But... I love the VAR, like the offside, like animation. I, too. I think I think it's like infinitely better than the stupid lines that the Prem uses. Except that it took them thirty minutes to put it on screen. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it too. But they need to they need to have a faster turnaround than that. True. Yeah, they just. I would have thought that a team that has fifteen players from one club would have looked more cohesive. You know what they said that none of the players on the Qatar national team have played the league season. They all, yeah, they, yeah, the entire national team took, has been in training camp since like 2021, early 2021 for this world cup, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because in that instance, the only competitive matches they'd be playing are like friendlies or qualifiers. Actually, they didn't even have to qualify. So literally the only competitive matches they would be playing would be friendlies against other national teams. And that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it also be... forces you to pick your team really early. I, mean, I don't know if the camp was more than 23 people or not, or 26 people or not, but, I mean, I can't imagine they have a huge wealth of talent to pick from in the first place. Yeah. And the only well, apparently, they have a crazy youth academy. Yeah, if I have to hear about the Aspire Academy one more time, I'm going to turn the tournament off. They just kept bringing it up and talking about how good it is. I'm like, oh, interesting. Who has come out of that? that Name I one player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had to watch all of the games on Telemundo on Peacock because I don't have a way to put Fox on my TV. So I haven't had to hear about that. I will say the funniest shit ever is not speaking almost any Spanish. I have like a few phrases just from living down here. But like just hearing completely Spanish commentary and then Harry Kane in the whitest (laughs) voice ever is the funniest shit I have ever seen. And my roommate, his family's from El Salvador. And he's like a first generation, second generation here. And speak fluent in Spanish. And I brought it up to him. And he, th- he was like, that's okay. That I guess that makes sense. And then he started hearing it. And he kept laughing at it. The rest of the England-Iran game was hilarious. As, as yeah. bad as I thought Qatar were in this game, I was actually really impressed with Ecuador. 
specifically in defense, and they they drew attention to this because, I mean, throughout the game, I was like, wow, their defense looks really solid. And then, you know, we're looking at some of the players, like uh, a bunch of Brighton players, uh, Estupinian, or how do you say his name? Yeah, Estupinian, yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed by him. And um, Moises Caicedo was really good, too. Yeah, they brought up this statistic that in their last, I guess it's seven games now, um, they have not conceded Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they were they really impressed me in terms of structure. I think they were super disciplined, which Qatar were bad, but there were times when they had a certain amount of possession and Ecuador just completely closed the door to any of the attacking moves that they possibly were going to put together. So, I mean, part of that is, of course, due to the talent gap, but it's also true that they were structurally very sound. They have some great players. I don't know, you know, so today the other game in that group that, of course, will have impact on the Qatar-Ecuador game is the Netherlands-Senegal game. And I kind of fancy Ecuador to get out of that group now, having seen all the performances. Senegal just for, I mean, both the teams were just kind of meh in that game, but I thought especially Senegal, they just Senegal were quite flat in attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the absence of uh, Mane. It's a huge factor. It is a huge factor for sure. Yeah, it just looks like they don't have that finishing touch in the final third, and I think that might be to their detriment because obviously Enter Valencia, uh, current top scorer in the Turkish Super League and current top scorer of the 2022 World Cup, joint with Bukayo Saka, um, is, looks to be on great form because that header for his, well, first goal that counted uh, was a very, very impressive finish. He had a lot to do from the position that he was in, and um, he did really well to place it into the bottom corner. The Qatar goalkeeper was – it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a professional goalkeeper, but still, it was a very impressive header given where he was. So I think Enter Valencia is in fine form. Ecuador look like they've got a great system in place. So I fancy them to, to beat Senegal and to, to get through the group. I don't – I think – I think Senegal, yes, they looked flat, but when they made chances, they had some decent shots on goal. Like the Netherlands goalkeeper had like four, great, four like really good saves throughout the entirety of the match. I think once they got forward and were able to create a chance on goal, I think they played really good. But I think the Netherlands were really solid in defense. So I think that kind of took it away from um Senegal where they couldn't break through as easily but when they did they put some really good chances on on the net and I think if they put similar chances against the Ecuador keeper I don't know if they'll be able to make the same saves that he was to be completely honest though I I would right now you know obviously Netherlands have some really great players in defense like Van Dyke but I kind of would I think that the Ecuador defense looked better and I know they played Qatar compared to Senegal, but they just looked more structured. So I think Senegal could have equally, if not more of a hard time uh, in the Ecuador game at creating chances. What I would say also is that I, I have a lot more faith in Inter Valencia to score goals than I do anyone in the Netherlands forward line uh, because Spurs legends Vincent Janssen and Steven Bergwijn didn't have a lot going for them at the start of the game. And then obviously it didn't happen until quite late that Cody Gakpo ended up on the end of the ball. Um, and then they had a goal way late on that 
you know, was just due to tired legs, I think, more than anything. But who did what was y'all's prediction for this group? Uh, uh well, I did question. all my predictions today, so I, I have the knowledge of uh the the games that have happened. Okay. I had well, Gage, did you also do yours today? No, I did mine before the tournament started. So I had Netherlands winning the group. I had Senegal coming second, Ecuador third, Qatar fourth. I also was not aware, somehow I was not aware that Sadio Mane wasn't coming to the tournament. That might have changed my decision, but honestly, I probably would have still picked Senegal. So I think if I were going to try to predict what I would have done, I would have probably had the same one. But given the game today, I have Ecuador over Senegal, uh, but everything else is the same. Despite what I said, uh, I had Netherlands, Ecuador, Senegal, and Qatar. Interesting Maybe. enough. Now, so Josh, would you would you change your mind now after the opening games? Um, I think it's going to be really tight, and honestly, I could see it going the same way Senegal's group went in the last World Cup, where they lose it on like fair play fair points. Fair play I think points. Yeah. I think it's going to be that tight. Which go like this is straying off topic. I really hope nothing comes close to that for the U.S. because after that first game, we are fucked for fair play points. Well, Wales had more yellow cards than we did at the end of the day, so. True. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I agree. I think it's going to come down really to that Senegal-Ecuador game, which is the final game of the group. Um, of course. Because I I fancy Netherlands to probably sweep the group. I think – Ecuador might get something from that game, but I, I fancy Netherlands to win all their games. I don't know. I could see it ending in a draw. They yeah, Netherlands I, looked very flat. They looked just as flat as Senegal did. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I think it's just think, they, they don't have that star power and attack. Although Memphis Depay weirdly didn't start, which I was kind and of I expecting think him both to start. Their goals came after he got subbed on. It did. Yeah. Although he didn't actually play a part in either of them. But yeah, but I, I think. You know, he has some good movement off the ball. That He does, yeah. I also think Senegal did a really good job of not even, like, just pressing the defense, but just, like, blocking the lanes to get the balls to the midfield that they were forcing long balls over the top, which the their defense held, held very well for most of the game outside of when they were trying to push forward and get a goal. I think if Ecuador can do that, which I think they're very poised to, I think that would suit their style well just after watching the Qatar game. I think yeah. Ecuador are in good shape to at least make up for their lack of attacking prowess going forward against the Netherlands. All right, let's leave that group there. I think we've done a nice little recap. We've talked about our predictions for what's going to come true, undoubtedly. Um <laughs> let's let's move on to the group that is closest to our heart which we obviously already did our predictions for mine are already out the window but i'm going to double down on them in spite <laughs> of them being wrong because it's too late to change now so i'm a man of my word i'm sticking to my to my predictions uh let's start with england because i think they're the less interesting game actually um in spite of recent i thinking that england weren't going to win a game or, or that iran was going to get something from this game uh it ended up being quite the opposite, it was a completely dominant and destructive performance by England. Um, Iran offered very little until after they were already dead and buried in the game. I think one of the key points for England is that they switched to a back four, which I was really not expecting. And I think it was almost forced 
Southgate's hand was forced by the fact that a Reese James didn't come to the tournament and B Kyle Walker is not fit to start at the moment. So I think it almost forced his hand to start with a back two or two center backs instead of three. And I think it made the world of a difference to England because they just that extra body and attack provided them so much more in terms of avenues of buildup. And I thought they played some really fluid stuff. I was really impressed by Jude Bellingham. I can't believe that kid's still 19. It's an absolute prank. He's so good. Um, Saka was unreal. Of course, he had a brace, uh, but, you know, he was involved in a lot of the buildup. Kane was the buildup master as, as usual. Um, lots of great flicks, passes um, to assists on the day as well. Uh, Josh, you were confident that England would get the result in this game. And, yeah. you know, have you seen – what is your overarching opinion of England now? And can we take anything from this game given the opposition? I think – we can take some, but I still think like, yes, they won six two, but also it's Iran who had lost their starting keeper, who is one of their most dangerous long ball distributors. And that's how they like to play. Um, which going off of that, that is like completely unacceptable. They literally had concussion spotters at the tournament. There's no reason he shouldn't have been brought off the pitch forcefully. Like that is unacceptable from FIFA. If you are paying people, like multiple people to literally sit in a stadium and look to see if someone is concussed. And that happens literally bleeding from the face. You take them off the pitch. You force, you force Iran to bring them off. Like that is completely unacceptable, but. I mean, they, and they have, they have concussion uh, subs now. Yeah. So it's not like, like, it's not like they have to worry about, Oh, we're forcing them to make a sub. It doesn't count. Yeah, like, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason that should have happened. That's like completely unacceptable. Anyway, um, I think there is some. I think the back force suits them well. However, I don't know how much this actually says. This feels on par for when they smack like Andorra in a qualifying match. Like, yeah, like, or okay. Panama in the last World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those. I was like, okay. Yes, you're looking good, but also, like, I think it was a good experiment game to see if the four at the back works, and I'm sure they'll probably be at back to the three at the back at some point in the tournament. I think as soon as Walker's healthy, they go back to it. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I just don't think there's a whole lot we can take from outside. Like, okay, yeah, they look about as good as we thought they were going to. At least what I thought they were going to. You two were on the fucking England bus, and I know. am just an England hater, okay. And I went ahead. I'm not as prideful as Gage in my predictions, so I went ahead and uh, not apologized. But this morning, I I was talking to Ethan, uh, and I I told him the first thing I said to him when I saw him. I said, Ethan, I eat my words because uh, I you know I was talking about how Iran were going to get a get something from this game, and England weren't going to qualify, and Iran was going to get second. So I have modified my predictions and I can talk about them either now or later. But uh, what I will say is that before when I was thinking England weren't going to have a good tournament, this wasn't a thought that I was having. But now that this game has happened, and obviously it's against Iran who didn't play particularly well. uh, But now that it's happened and Saka scored a brace, I actually think he's going to have a fantastic tournament. Like there's always... You know, a couple players that really stand out from the World Cup. I think he's going to be that guy this year. Uh, 
especially coming off the Euros because he just has something to prove. Uh, and yeah, I, I just was so impressed. And I know it's Iran and they played pretty poorly, like I said, but man, I hate that he. I hate that he has something to prove because a penalty was saved. Yeah, it was not a good penalty, but no, the, the, it wasn't great. But he's he been shouldn't have been taller. taking it in the first place. Yeah, he shouldn't have been on it. But I mean, it's not just uh, national team stuff, right? Since that miss, he has taken all of our penalties uh, and scored personally. all of them. Yeah, he he hasn't missed a penalty since then. He's taken all of ours. Uh, now coming into the, on the national scene with something to prove for the. For the England team, right? So, yeah, I think he's going to have a, a bit of a breakout tournament. I hope he does. I He just seems like a good player with, like, a good head on his shoulders. But I just hate – I like, yes, it wasn't a great penalty, but it was also saved. Like, to have a penalty saved, like, pretty not in your favor to have the penalty saved. So, like, I, I just hate that. Like, Especially that. considering Rashford and Sancho were brought on for the express purpose of taking penalties, and they both – sent him wide so yeah like he he's the only one who didn't miss the net he's the only one who didn't miss the penalty yeah anyway um yeah i think i don't know if there's much to take from this game i do think i i don't think iran are going to get a point now like i was semi convinced they were gonna be able to get a point against either us or wales but now i think that their goalkeeper is definitely out for the tournament like, I don't think they're going to be able to scratch anything. I'm sticking with part of my prediction in that I still think Wales will get last. Uh, and I, I think it'll be heartbreaking for them because I don't really know if it'll be super deserved. But I think Iran is going to scrape by in that game. Somehow will get a result. And I don't think Wales will get a result against England. I just don't see how they're going to be able to get a point. <laughs> what I'll say is Wales looked pretty uninspired. Until the second half. Yeah, but even then, like, they didn't really have anything in the final third. We just gifted them a penalty, and we'll talk about that later when we, when we get into that game. But I feel like that, that's a good segue to it. I feel like there's not much. Yeah, we, I think on. we covered England enough. I mean, what, one thing, I, I have one final point on England, is that Mason Mount's inclusion is still just inexplicable to me. Uh, him Foden's, starting over Grealish, Foden, yeah. Rashford. Well, Madison apparently is still injured. He was not training with the team, I believe. Oh, I did not see that. But either way, I mean, it, there's a laundry list of players that I would start in that position over Mason Mount, and I don't understand the the adoration that he receives from both Gareth Southgate and various corners of the internet. But either way, I, I thought he was England's worst player on the day. I thought he was completely invisible. Um, and I'm on the Mason Mount hate train, partially because he plays for Chelsea and partially just because I don't understand why everyone loves him so much. So, yeah. all right, yeah, let's talk about the USA. Um Let's start with the team selection because I think there were two surprise omissions that yeah. when we were running through our predictions last week or our, our projected lineups, the one thing we never discussed was Aronson sitting out or maybe, maybe you did Josh. I don't know, but I didn't. Um, he was, I think we all assumed he would start and he didn't, which was surprising to me, but I think it worked well for the first half. I think, yeah, I think it worked well for the first half. Because if he wants to run a single pivot, it's damn near impossible to include Aaronson in the team. Um, yeah. Unless you want to run him at like a false nine situation, which I don't think would suit us well. 
or I don't think like changing it now would be, if he wants to try that in like the next gold cup or nations league thing, I'd be my guest. I don't really care. Um, but I think if he wants to run a single pivot with Adams, which I think suited it really well and allowed McKinney and Musa to move freely as they needed. Um, and even the fullbacks to move freely as they needed, which they looked as good as they had in the previous um, tournament in the Gold Cup and the Nations League and the qualifiers leading up. I think it helped a lot, allowing them to get so far forward. When we can allow um, Robinson to get that far forward, I think we have so much going for us. Um, sorry, we'll the hockey game on the background. My bad. Um, I was really happy with Musa in this game. Uh, I was too. Yeah. I think he looked really good. Yeah, honestly, start to finish, I thought he was fantastic. The... He did have that one giveaway right after literally yeah. Reese and I had were saying, I don't think Moose has put a foot wrong in this game. I think he's been phenomenal. And then he passed it straight to a Wales player yeah, immediately really after bad. we said that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought he was great. Uh, the the one player in the midfield that I thought was a little suspect actually was Weston McKinney. Although I do yeah. not believe it's his fault. Uh, he came off with slight knock uh, when he got substituted. And I think honestly, leading up to that, he just did not really look fit. Uh, and he's, you know, he was taking off some of the, I don't know, the proper terminology, but like the leg tape and stuff uh, when he was getting off. And he had like quite a lot of stuff going on on his leg, which doesn't always indicate something, but, you know, he or just didn't really, stuff. yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And like he had, he had some bright, not a bracer, but like a sleeve. It was on like one of those compression sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. So he just didn't look super fit. And especially by the time he got sub, he just looked so dead. Uh, well, they said it was his first game since October something. I can't remember yeah. what the exact date was, but sometime in October, he hasn't played for Juve since then because he's been battling a, a slight injury. So Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned that, Josh, that it could be an issue because he's yeah. basically been injured for all of qualifying uh, for the – at least recently anyway. Yeah, um, I think his aggression is also going to cause an issue in the tournament. Like, it, it literally did in the first 15 minutes. Like – I suspect I, in the next game he will not start, and Harrison will. I think we're going to switch to a double pivot with Adams and Musa. Yeah, I I think so too. Uh, not only just from necessity because I think he's on McKinney's unfit, but I thought when Aronson came on, we just looked so much better. To be completely honest. Well, to a degree, I think we looked better in the in the new in the middle third. I think that's that's which I guess is Aronson's job, right? But. I think we still looked pretty bereft of a finishing touch at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and still nobody could put in a good delivery to save their lives. Um, I think it's because we're just like, I like Sergeant, but I think he's not still not developed enough yet to be our target man. Or yeah. just is leading the line. And I think, hold on. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think. It's obviously way too late to try this, but going forward, I think almost a four-three-one-two with allowing maybe like Wea and Sargent, or maybe Wea and Pulisic being the two strikers going forward. I think that might be able to suit their style pretty well. I yeah, think I don't, it would allow I don't love Wea out wide. I have to say, I, really, I don't. But when he cuts into the channels, I think is when he makes his money. So if he was starting in a two, like you're saying, then it's better, yeah. right? Because I still think, yeah, I still think he gets down the wing very well. I think he can develop a pretty good cross. Um, 
that's probably where I would disagree. I mean, he had a couple good ones in the in the first half. Uh, yeah, early early on. Uh, oh, I guess it was him that put in the cross for Sergeant Tedder. Sergeant, yeah, oh, where yeah. Sergeant yeah, okay. headed it straight to him. I think the crossing issues more come from Pulisic. Oh, he yeah. was he was not good in this game. He's poor. He like the low driven crosses on corners just aren't doing anything at all. Uh, I thought all of them weren't doing anything. I yeah, I don't think any of his all corners of were good. Well, look, I, they were all low and driven. And, well, there were a few that just went over everyone too. Yeah, like, but I guess while we're on the topic of wingers, the other uh, exclusion we were mentioning was Gio Reyna. He did not play this yeah. game. Uh, instead, Tim, uh, Timmy Weah started, and he, I mean he's he scored, and I thought he was pretty good. But I thought he was really good too. To be completely honest, and this won't happen because it, it just can't. But the player that I the player that deserves, based on performance, to be dropped for Reyna, if any, in the next game would be Pulisic and not. Oh Reyna. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It won't happen though. No, it no, won't. it can't. I mean, it's not. Yeah, he's too high profile. But um, Jordan. So I, the subs were also interesting. Oh, so the Jordan God. Morris one, he said instead of Reyna, he was looking for speed and power to get in behind. That's Which, what I kind of suspected was a speed thing, but Jordan Morris, uh, when he came on, the whole team looked dead because we had just been running all over the place, him included, and he had not played. I think Reyna would have brought in the footwork that we needed because they were literally playing a 5-3-2 the entire game with two yeah. defensive midfielders. Like, his footwork is too good to not use when trying to break that down. We were in dire need of a technician. Yeah, and like Pulisic hasn't been that for like sixty four years now, since the last World Cup cycle. Oh yeah, our, our two best technicians are Aronson and Reyna, without a doubt. Yeah, actually, I would one. say McKinney and Reyna. I think Aronson's mostly just a workhorse. I mean, but, he is, but he's also so good with the ball on his feet. I don't think McKinney is a great technician. I think he. Yeah, I just think he's more – he plays, like, decent passes and is just really good in defense. I don't think his footwork is great. I think he tries stuff. I don't think it always works, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I think <laughs> – friend of the show, John Muller, tweeted out, maybe we're just trying to make England forget that Gio Reyna exists because <laughs> he's got to play against England. Like, him one-on-one against Harry Maguire is a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. Um even though I thought Maguire was actually decent today, but I I just don't understand the Morris sub. I really don't. I don't understand how he was on the plane. I'm I'm not gonna lie, but either way, I tell you who did mildly impress me when he came on it was Haji Wright. I think mm-hmm. he won some good knockdowns. He was physical. He's a lot faster than I expected him to be for as big as he is. So I think he's somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing a couple minutes for going forward. That foul of. When Matt Turner came out, the game-saving one probably because Bale with the ball with the goal. That was Kellen Acosta. That was Acosta. Oh, was? Yeah. I thought that was Haji Wright. No, that was Acosta. That was, that was Acosta, oh. but yeah, that was a great foul. It was a good foul. And I thought he put in a good performance when he came on, as expected. Yeah. Yeah, and I think – so let's 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 discuss the issue of the midfield really in terms of – well, actually, we kind of did already, but I mostly just want to talk about Tyler Adams. Um, I thought he was phenomenal – Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was all over the place, mopping up everything. Um, 
that's basically all I had to say. I don't know why I, I posed it like that, but <laughs> I just wanted to say that he, he was really good. Um, someone else who was everywhere. And we actually noticed this at one point, he just kept, continued to win challenges and aerial duels all over the shop was Tim Ream. Um, I thought he was our best defender by a mile, yeah. but he didn't put a foot wrong all game. Um, no, but I would be nervous with how free roaming he was against England. There were a few times. I wouldn't where he... call it free roaming. I, I think, I think there was a structured like. Actually, think... it's very. It reminded me a lot of how Arsenal center backs slowly progress the ball because it's a lot of passing around the back, and then one of the center backs will stay stay the furthest back while the other one kind of pushes up a little bit to help. And uh, Reem was the one who was pushing up a little bit, which I think is probably smart because he's, no, he's the slower of the two. Yeah. So if you want to have one of them back, who's going to win a foot race, it, it would be Zimmerman, right? Yeah, I'm fine with the going forward, Roaming. I'm talking about, more about the defensive ones where he like got caught out of position a couple of times, luckily made the tackle or forced them to recycle the ball. But I don't think that's going to happen against England. I think when he has caught out of position like that against England, their players are too fast and to for him to be out of position like he was quite a few times. Maybe, but I also anticipate us not to play quite as high of a line against England. I think we can't take that risk. Because today at a lot of a lot of points while we had possession of the ball, like Zimmerman and Ream were both well inside Wales's half. And I don't think you're going to yeah. see that happen to the same extent as England. Well, first and foremost, because unless England go back to the back three, like the United States is not, it's not going to have the ball for the most part. I don't think unless they do decide to go back to the back three and then that's going to be their game plan and it's going to be horrible. Um, let's talk about the penalty. I think it's unavoidable. I actually thought Zimmerman had a good game up to that point. Yeah. So I was pretty disappointed with, I mean, Bale is Bale has the ball in in a semi dangerous area, sure, but he's facing away from goal. He's actively being pressured out of the eighteen yard box, and it's just a needless tackle that he had almost no chance of winning. So I don't I, I'm just disappointed by it, that an individual error is what ended up costing us because I thought, as a unit, we actually defended pretty well. Yeah, we really should have won this game too. Wales had it's, nothing else going forward. It's incredibly frustrating. I will say uh, they did have that one chance off. Uh, it was like a second phase from a set piece and Ben Davis oh, yeah. had the header. It was a great save by Matt Turner. Mm -hmm. um, Tottenham versus Arsenal there in the, in the game. Yeah. But um, yeah. So now the, the reality is, I think Reese, you said this too, in terms of progression from the group versus from us and Wales, that's going to be what it comes down to now, because I think it's safe to say, Regardless of what my predictions say, I think it's safe to say England are are comfortably going to win the group at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think. Go ahead. I was going to say I think it's going to come down to who beats Iran the worst. It, it might, I mean, it, or who can get a point against England. Yeah. I yeah. Think I that's mean, more okay. Likely. I'm kind. I'm not necessarily there yet, but I'm almost to the point where it's like, okay, I think both are either going to are probably going to lose against England. I think if if one of them scratches a point, I'm because England are going to win one of them. There's no yeah, way they they're don't. not going to lose twice, yeah, or, or drop points twice. I'll say this: I think up until I mean it was an it was an individual error that cost us the game for sure. I thought we we looked really good, and I was pretty impressed with the tactics uh, as far as the game plan until the substitutions so, anyway. Yeah, but 
a, a couple of those besides Jordan Morris were due to injuries ish kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I get and it. yellow cards as well. I think I I still think we have a chance at getting something from the England game. Well, I do too. Honest. I do. Um, I just don't think. I think if I, I think, don't if think if we, Wales do, I think I don't. I think we have a better chance than Wales do. I yeah. still don't think that trance is great. I think we just need to beat Iran by like three or four goals. I think we'd need to take like those first chance shots that we normally don't because they normally like try and work the ball around a little bit more. I think that we need to take those first first chance instead of passing it about. So I think that having their Iran's second keeper who has that was his second international cap for them. I think we need to take as many chances and as many shots as we can against them to have to just try and pad the stat line as much as possible. Yeah. I'll also say this isn't something we can count on. Uh, but I do think just by the way of the nature that Wales play and how disappointed I was in their attack, to be completely honest, I do think. Iran have a chance at, at getting a point from that game. I totally agree, actually. I think a nil-nil yeah. draw is on the cards for that fixture. I think but, it is, but I also think they might open up a little bit more. They might. I I also think the 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 problem I have with riding off Wales so early, aside from the fact that I predicted them to win the group, is because I think nobody – None of aside from England aside, because they're the obvious favorites, none of the other teams have a player that you can decidedly say is a match winner, somebody who can win the game by themselves, except for Wales. And I think that's the only reason I have such a hard time counting them out because even against England, yeah, I think systematically on paper, the U.S. has a far better chance against England. But if Gareth Bale turns it on, I mean, there's not much England are going to be able to do. So it's... It yeah, just, but like, is that going off like the pre-predicated precedent of Bale, or is that going off current like actual form? I mean, he's been I don't playing. Think it, form is I temporary, mean, class is permanent. Is it though? Yes. I don't think it is. Four-year-old Tiago Silva is about to start in at the back for the the World the favorites for the World Cup. He is also a center back and not a winger slash striker. I think I in a lot of that, cases, but... what your sentiment's correct, but also we we're like currently watching the downfall of Ronaldo at United. Yeah, um, I, I think that would be the counter to what you're saying. True, although he's considerably older than Gareth Bale. I I understand he's in the MLS, but the thing is, like he he always performs well. In the last like five or so years, he's performed far better for Wales than he has for his club just because he fell out of love with Real Madrid and Spurs was kind of an afterthought. But yeah, but there's been that gap between his international play, like that high gap in between his international play and his club play. But his club play Here, has taken a huge shot as his international play is going to with his. He also just like, like actual game time, he has not really been playing. Yeah, he hasn't played that a whole lot for LAFC this season either. Here's here's my only counter to this. When Matt Turner was 25 yards out of goal and you saw who it was that picked up the ball, that ball oh, he yeah. was going to okay. score. Well, yeah, because technically he's still great, but athletically he's not the same game changer he used to be. He's not, but look who England's center backs are. I mean, it. the thing is he's – He's a match winner. He still is. I believe that 100% that he's still someone who can win the match by himself. I I under, I under take your point about him, his club level, obviously taking a hit and degrading and 
Maybe his motivation's not there 100%, but I still think on his day, he's one of the best players in the world, regardless of the fact that he plays for in a league that no one cares about and whatever else. I don't I mean, know. To your credit, he, he also has a lot riding on this because it's his probably, I mean, it's his first and probably his only World Cup. Yeah. And I think that's not to be underestimated because Wales haven't been here since the 50s. So I think, you know, there's an emotional aspect maybe that the U.S. has tapped into a little bit, but not nearly as much as the Welsh fans are. I mean, the Welsh national anthem was like goosebump stuff. Oh, like, yeah, that was crazy. They, the, the fans and the support from the Welsh, the Welsh contingent was, was incredible. So I don't know. I, I, I take all the points into consideration. I just think whales are being written off too easily. And, of course, this comes from what what is the bias survivor bias because i predicted them to win the group but seriously though i really do believe in them more than i think a lot of people do so i saw this really funny stand-up thing today it was talking about like obviously like it's not like 100 true but it was funny to come from like an american perspective on sports it was about basically like the precedent of like our best athletes don't play soccer and they were talking about like, oh, here's a, an Italian player going down the wing, getting ready to score. But then here comes like this 6'5", 200-pound man <laughs> who steals it from him, plays a long ball to 6'8", 240 LeBron, <laughs> who makes it 102 against France. <laughs> I was just like, you know, if LeBron played soccer, that would be terrifying. All I'm saying is, imagine Shaq on set pieces. <laughs> imagine Shaq in the box for an attacking set piece. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? That's hilarious. Yes, you play you play down a man for the rest of the game, but what are you gonna do when he's in the box for set pieces? I thought it was a funny like commentary on it. I was like, I wish our like best athletes would play soccer because we would be. Oh, so much better than we already are. Yeah. All right. I think unless you guys have any other thoughts about this game, we can move on to our predictions for the rest of the tournament, which I think will take us a lot less time than, uh, well, I always say that, but I think it'll take us a lot less time than dissecting our, our nation's first World Cup game in eight years. Um, I will say it was, a, regardless of the circumstances of the tournament, it was so much fun to have the U.S. back in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. I was at recent Ethan's apartment today, watching it as well. And it was, it's just so much fun to watch your country in the, in the company of your comrades or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was a ton of fun. So hopefully more of that to come against England on Friday. Of course, we'll be getting across that after the fact. Let's move on. Talk about group C, which of course is um, composed of tournament favorites, asterisk Argentina, Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Reese, we were talking today about Argentina and how we don't really understand exactly why they've been declared tournament favorites. I think it's because they haven't lost in like 19 games. That's, I didn't actually know that. And I appreciate that, I guess. Um, it's, 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 it's hard because it's a weak tournament in my opinion. Like a lot of the big hitters are are not at full strength, you know. 
is it a weak tournament or is it like unpredictable? Or is it a very like even tournament for the first time in a while? I like, don't think we- those things are mutually exclusive. But I mean, think about the reason I say it's an even tournament is because think just think like all the big hitters that you would traditionally think of as favorites for the tournament. France are super injury prone. Germany don't really excite me. Their core is pretty old. Um, Netherlands don't really excite me. Belgium have an aging defense. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's why it's left to the South American teams to be the favorites. So I, I just feel like, uh, and I, I won't say all of it because obviously I, I didn't know that either, that they hadn't lost in 19 games, but purely just on paper standpoint, right? I do not think Argentina's squad is so dead on nailed to win this thing. Like, I, I feel like there are other teams that have as much quality, maybe more. The thing is, is that they have Messi, right? And I think a lot of people are are picking them to win because it's presumably Messi's last World Cup. And so they're like kind of manifesting it because they, you know, it'd be nice to see. So I think a lot of the hype around it maybe comes from that. Um, obviously, I didn't know, engaged <laughs> didn't know that they had such good recent form, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I picked them. So this might be getting ahead, but I picked them to win the World Cup. I picked them and Poland to go through because I think Mexico are going to lay an egg against everyone against but Saudi Arabia. Um, but I, I picked them because you also have to think like the players who are coming, like the youth in the squad, have also like grown up idolizing Messi. And I think they're going to do anything that they can do to make sure that he wins this World Cup. I think they're going to be so passion driven because Messi is as close as you can get to God in a country. Yeah. Full of Catholics. Like <laughs> they literally they name their kid like people they had certain towns have to outlaw naming your child Lionel Messi because there are 50 Lionel Messi's running around. I think in a tournament that is so short, passion and like just being tenacious in a game can bring so much to it that I think this is it. We it didn't feel like this going into the 2018 World Cup. Like there wasn't like this tenacious attitude towards Argentina. It just felt very flat. They struggled to get through and struggled as much as struggled more than they should have to get through Conmebol. And I just think that this it feels different this year. They've been in great form. They're just I, – I have faith, and I think if they top the group, I think they have a very favorable route to the – at least out – I think they're – if they can make it to the quarterfinals, I think they have a very favorable game. No, I, I, I'll say, like, I think if I was going to compile a list of who I think could win, Argentina would be on the list, but – yeah, I I just don't think they're so dead set on to win it as everybody. I don't either. I I that I have Argentina against Brazil in the semifinal, and that was probably the hardest pick I'd had in the entire like prediction. Yeah. No, I I want to talk about. You mentioned you think Mexico won't get through in Poland. Well, I disagree. I just I just don't really like the Poland team to be honest, and I think in recent you know in recent competitions i mean going back to even 2018 world cup i i just feel like they 
they aren't good. <laughs> I don't either. I do not I, like watching them. And I, I also think, you know, they have Lewandowski, which is kind of, you know, it's like cool, but it's it's already proven that you can't just rely on Lewandowski and, and, and it works. And I, I think Mexico, while they have an aging core as well, I, I think overall they're a more balanced team than Poland is. They have an aging core, but they also have massive injury troubles going to the tournament, which is why I picked them to be third. I think that Poland is going to be able to do enough to get them themselves past Mexico and beat them. I think they're going to get out of the group with six points. I think they're going to beat Saudi Arabia. I think they're definitely going to beat um, Mexico. So I, I just Mexico is just very flat. They're a very aging core. You even saw it with the um, the qualifiers. Like they just didn't dominate like they normally did. And as they proceeded through, they slowly looked worse and worse throughout the tournament. They have so many injuries. I just don't have faith in the Mexican national team. I will say it was a very, very tight decision for me. I This was probably one of the harder decisions I made in terms of because Argentina, for me, clear group winners, I think, no no doubt. Um, but coming down to who was going to progress through the group, that's why I've decided to go with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I, I, uh, I picked Mexico, and I don't really have much of a logical reason other than two things. I have just a general feeling regarding Mexico and a general feeling regarding Poland. Mexico have made it to the round of 16 and then – been eliminated in that round in like the last six tournaments or some absolutely ridiculous number like that, which I realize doesn't actually mean anything, but it, I don't know. It kind of does. It's one of those things that they just have tournament experience. Secondly, I think I always pick Poland to do well in tournaments and they never do. I feel like they, them, them on paper is so much better than them on grass to quote Aliusise from earlier today. (laughs) Um, I, I know that you're picking them not to go through. I think I'm actually going to have them first. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just generally, you are just not great at picking football tournaments. I think that's just a general trend that we see. You also were probably pretty high on Poland at the Euros. I'm going to guess. I, don't, I honestly don't remember. I can go back and look. But no, I don't care that much. Uh, I think I do care that but, much. Okay. <laughs> well, either way, I think you guys are forgetting one thing about Poland, though. Matty Cash. Matty Cash, the Polish Messi, now plays for (laughs) – No. Um, I don't know. I I gave the edge to Mexico. Don't really have much of a logical reason for it. It's just kind of a feel thing. So, I don't know. While Josh searches for that, I'm going to ask if you guys have any final thoughts on the group. Saudi Arabia, I could not care less. Um, Yeah, I mean, we've all been last. See you later. Yeah. Okay, I had Poland making it to the quarterfinals. And losing to France, but beating Croatia on the way there, which isn't awful. I think that's awful. It's pretty awful. <laughs> it's not nearly <laughs> as bad as anything I say, but we'll move on. Um, let's talk about group. What group are we on? Group D. D. Let's talk about Group D. This is France's group, which normally would be a free hit in terms of who is going to win the group. Not so much anymore because they're missing – what's the list now? Pogba – Conte, Benzema. Benzema, and a couple others that I can't remember. Um, that being said, I think they 
have a pretty favorable group in terms of Australia don't ever really inspire me in tournaments. And I think Tunisia are cannon fodder. Um, what do you guys think of France? Do you still have them nailed on to win the group? I do. I, have, I, have Denmark I actually winning. don't. I also have Denmark winning the group. I thought this was going to be more contentious than it is. I also, this is I The more I think about this, the more I'm like, holy shit, why did I pick this? I have Denmark in the final. Now, you know yeah. what? No, you know what? It's because of the route. That is the only reason I have them in the final. I don't hate it. I seriously don't hate it. So, like, we'll get into the rest of them, but I have them playing Poland in the round of 16, which also could be Mexico, which I think they – which would be – Either way, Denmark have, yeah. combos that fixture. And I have them beating England, which I don't I know. And then just the way the rest of the bracket, I've been playing Uruguay in the semifinal. Because Uruguay be also game, have a, actually because Uruguay also have a really really good route through, just with the bracket the way that everything all the groups set up. I think that's going to look good. I think Tunisia is going to give everyone a pain in the dick. I think they're going to have zero points with a negative three goal difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's totally how it is. But but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if. Australia snuck a point or maybe even snuck a win against France. I just I think I mean, not historically, having... what what is that stat? The last five tournament winners have gone out in the group stage in the consecutive tournament. I think it's just because Conte and Pogba aren't there. No one, no one else has had to play center midfield for them for the last what like six years? Decade. Seven years. <laughs> I mean, since at least since the Euros in twenty sixteen. Yeah, so, like there is like I don't see a scenario. I don't think they're ready. I think because they were able to play with them in the qualifiers and with them for the friendlies largely leading up to the World Cup. I just don't see how they're going to be able to survive without that because the entire the entire team has been pre-predicated on these two world class defensive mids playing the best they ever will in in the French national team. And I just don't see how France are going to be able to play without them. I'm guessing their midfield partnership is going to be the Real Madrid partnership of Chuameni and Camavinga. Which I don't... not in the squad. Yes, he is. He got called up uh, to replace oh, someone after... who was injured. Did he? Well, actually, that being said, he maybe he won't start. I don't know. But I'm looking at it right now. He's definitely in the squad. Oh. Did, um, he, get, did he replace Sankuku? He might have. But that being said, I actually didn't know that he, that he wasn't in the squad initially, and I believe you, so maybe it won't be him. I think uh, – Oh, well, he got injured in training, so he is sitting out the first game. <laughs> great. I'm an idiot. So, Chuameni will probably start, and then Genduzi? I don't know. Probably. Um, yeah, go to hell. I think, he, I think in their recent qualifiers, Genduzi's been starting, so – yeah, I think that Denmark midfield is going to run all over him and just dominate. Pierre Emil Hoybier will utterly obliterate that midfield combination yeah, single handedly. He's just gonna bully them. Yeah, I will say here. Okay, here's what I'll say, and this is this is with, <laughs> no, this is without an Arsenal hat because Ganduzi had a very very short step with this. Okay, he was also he's also been very good for Marseille. Yeah, he's been good for Marseille, and also I I think he had moments for Arsenal where I was like. Man, he's going to be a good player. And since then, all he's done is develop. So I would not be surprised if 
just out of nowhere, he he was one of those guys. I was talking about earlier where there's always a couple a couple players in the tournament that are like, man, these guys really kind of had a great tournament out of nowhere. I think Ganduzi could be one of those guys where he just has a phenomenal tournament. Mm-hmm. There is some dross in this France squad, by the way. There is yeah. some utter It's draws. just not good, and they're not even replacing Benzema. Well, you've got Giroud, so why would you need to? <laughs> and I mean, they do have Griezmann. I mean, they do have match winners, but... I mean, Griezmann hasn't... I mean, it's the French national team effect, but Griezmann also hasn't been great. No, I, I agree. I'm, I'm serious when I say Giroud will be the Benzema replacement. Of course they have Mbappe. I, I know. <laughs> they have Ousmane Dembele, who's been phenomenal lately, but again, has never really done too well in French national team situations. I mean, William William Salab is probably going to come in in defense. Yeah. You'd have to imagine. Actually, maybe, well, maybe it'll be Varane and Koundé. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, I'd be shocked if Saliba doesn't start. That would be too. I, I would think... too, but Deschamps is is a, is a nepotism manager. Like he, he he also has been basically since he since this prem season started in. Uh, in the qualifiers and stuff like that, the final qualifiers, uh, Saliba played. Or not qualifiers. Uh, no. What am I saying? Nations League? Is that what it was? Their or... most, whatever their most recent games were. So either friendlies. I think it was or... just friendlies. Yeah, but I think in all the friendlies, uh, Saliba was playing. Yeah. I think the next group is like, it seems the easiest to pick, but could have like the most wild cards. So Rufi has Germany, Spain, Japan, and Costa Rica. I have Germany and Spain going through. But if Kaylor Navas plays his head off like he did in 2014, I think Costa Rica could go through. See, I actually think Japan will go through. Really? Over, at a, over at the expense of who? Okay, yeah. wow. I mainly I just think they're kind of cursed, to be completely honest. <laughs> I so I think they'll be back. I think you're, I think to be honest with you, I think Germany's going to win this group pretty comfortably. See, um, I think Spain wins, and the one in contention for me is Japan and Germany. I think Spain are going to struggle with not having the Haya to be the cool head back there. Yeah, because um, can anyone tell me quickly who Spain's starting goalkeeper is probably going to be? Unai no. Simon. Most likely, yes, but I the the person that got the number one shirt is actually Robert Sanchez. Oh, really? So I just I, know Unai Simon played at the Euros. He did. You're right, and he was not bad. He's not. He hasn't been bad for for Bilbao either. But Robert Sanchez has the number one shirt. What I don't know is if that's a matter of preference for Unai Simon because we have seen that a few times. But um, look, my problem with Spain again, is that just when I look at this squad, nobody on the list especially inspires me. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do are young and inexperienced in a tournament setting like this. Like Pedri, yeah, he's a world beater. He's a great player. He's 19 years old. He has 14 caps for Spain. Gavi, same thing. He's a match winner. He's great at Barcelona. He's unbelievable. 18 years old. Born in t- 2004. which And he's younger than Reese's younger brother, by the way, which is <laughs> nauseating. Um, but it's just all, all the, and again, Ansu Fadi, another one, age 20, 
these are just guys that don't have experience in a tournament setting. Whereas I think I've talked about Germany having the problem of being uh, older and a lot of their core is aging, but they have an unbelievable amount of tournament experience. Mm-hmm. So I just favor them a so lot much over the Spanish team. recently at losing. They do. <laughs> what happened? What did they, what did they do in the euros? I can't even remember. Uh, um, they didn't. No, no, they they definitely qualified. They just, I don't, they didn't get out of the groups. I don't think. I know they didn't get out of the groups at the world cup, but I need to see, I I'm having an absolute brain. I'm, I'm pretty part. sure they didn't get to the knockout stages. Uh, no, they did. They did. They did get to the knockout stage. They finished. Oh, all my lights just turned off. I think. Oh, that's cringe. I think our power might be going out. All right. Sorry about that. I'll probably leave the back half of that in just so everyone can see my lights go out and me look super confused. Uh, just because I think that's funny. Yeah, our power just went out, so we had a break, a little quick technical difficulty. It has been resolved. Uh, what I did discover in the meantime is that Germany went out to England, and I don't know how I forgot that, but I don't remember anything about that game. Uh, it's not important. What is important is that I have chosen Germany to win the group, Spain to come second. Um, I've, I've gone with Japan third and Costa Rica fourth, just because no one in Costa Rica's squad other than Kaylor Navas inspires me anymore. They used to have the likes of, (laughs) yeah, they used to have the likes of Brian Ruiz and such who inspired me quite a bit more. Uh, now not, I'm not very confident about it. Although I want to say a shout out or a reason why I will be keeping a keen eye on Costa Rica is because intro outro music provider, Magpie J check them out on Spotify and all platforms are from Costa Rica. So they'll be keeping uh, a keen eye on Costa Rica as well. Total sidebar. Uh, any final thoughts on this group before we move on gentlemen? Nope. Group F, which contains Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. I think the two that are going to go through are fairly clear. I would say maybe you guys feel differently. Um, I, have picked something other than that, but not really for a logical reason. More just, I think they're an unknown, and I wanted to pick them. <laughs> I think we might have the same too. I actually I, have them coming last. If I think I know who you're talking about, I'm talking about Canada. Yeah. Um. So, well, I'll go from top to bottom. I think because it's going to get spoiled. I think the team that misses out. Is uh, this isn't top to bottom? So I'm just lying. The team that the, the team that misses out that uh, probably won't, but I just wanted to pick a dark horse team uh, for me is actually Croatia. Uh, now I know that's okay. kind of hot because they obviously were in the final of the last World Cup, but I think we've talked a lot about aging squads. There's is another one that's kind of got a really old core. Yeah, uh, but also. Uh, Dallas Stars just scored, by the way. <laughs> oh, let's go. Uh, actually, that's so big. With, uh, like a minute and a half left. That is um, so big. I, I think uh, Croatia's path in the last World Cup, what was it like? I think every single game in the knockout stages went to extra time, bar mm-hmm. maybe one. No, they all went to extra time, and the first two went to penalties because yeah, they, so they, they beat Spain and, and Russia on penalties, and then they beat England in extra time. Yeah, so it's not like it was like a super convincing run to the final. Uh, and I think... If that were to happen again, uh, they would not go nearly as far. And yeah. I think uh, 
because of that, I they were the ones that miss out for me. I think realistically, they probably won't. But I wanted to pick Canada as a dark horse team. Uh, that being said, I do have Belgium top in the group. I think Belgium are really weird uh, a lot of times, and they they often perform strangely. But I think that typically happens in the knockout stages, uh, mm-hmm. and in the group stages, they typically perform pretty well. Um, and then yeah, I have Morocco last. But you know, I, I was somewhat impressed by them in the last World Cup too in the group stages, and I think they have some good players, so nope. they could yeah. maybe do something. I have the same as you. Um, interesting enough, I saw that Canada has the oldest captain in the tournament, and the U.S. has the youngest captain. Which I just is Canada's uh, Hutchinson? Yeah. Yeah, um, I figured. I think they just have a very grindy squad. I think that's going to work very well against Croatia. The only reason I, I didn't pick Croatia to go through is because Modric has had to change his style so much, even since the last World Cup. Like, he just is not like the same like physical force he used to be. So he's he plays like super smart passes, which I think condones itself to Madrid, where the players around him are physically insane. He doesn't have that in the Croatia squad. He kind of had that when he had Mario Mandzukic, but now that he's retired from the squad, I don't see anybody else in that team who's going to be able to go and make those pin-perfect runs for those pin-perfect passes that he can make. Ivan Perisic. I agree-ish, but do you really want (laughs) – I just don't know how much, like, that's going to be able to create. I just don't know how well they're going to be able to do going forward. Um, I just like the Croatia game, but they're very grindy, just wear-you-away team. Um. I think Morocco are going to do better than people think. I think they still have to say a similar defensive core that they did in the last World Cup, but Hakimi has gotten worlds better and I think can bring a lot to them offensively to help shape that shape them against the, some of the tougher teams. I think it'll be a very similar exit to the last World Cup where pretty much everyone would agree that they had a good showing in the group stages, but oh, yeah, they still went out. I think it'll be very similar. Mm-hmm. I do too, so much so that I think they're going to finish third um, in the group. I think I have Belgium and Croatia. I'm taking the easy picks. Uh, I think Belgium just have too much quality. I think they're going to end up winning the group. I'm with you, though. I think in the knockout stages, it's going to be a little bit weird for them, especially considering their starting center back pairing is once again composed of Toby Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen, longtime Spurs center back pairing. The problem is they both aged out of the Premier League about three or four years ago. They may not have aged out of the World Cup yet, but we'll see. And I'm, one of them has aged out of Europe entirely. He's actually back in Europe. He is? Uh, playing for undefeated Royal Antwerp and starting every game. So that would be Toby Alderweireld, of course, that you're referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, also has four goals this season, by the way, which is out of nowhere. Uh, Jan Vertonghen, of course, still starts regularly for Benfica, but that is quite a slower-paced league. I love Croatia. I'm a Croatia lover. I really enjoy watching them. Luka Modric is still one of my favorite players to watch. I do agree that he is obviously not the player that he was in 2018. I still think he's an incredible player. We talked about technicians earlier. There may not be anyone better (laughs) other than Lionel Messi in the world right now. Um, 
I just I love watching him play. I love Ivan Perisic. I think he's had a shaky. St- I mean, he's had an underwhelming start to life at Spurs, but I think he's so incredibly fit. The thing I love the most about Croatia is I think, and maybe this goes directly up against what you were just bringing to the table about Canada. I I back them to outwork anyone in this tournament. I back Croatia to outwork any team uh, that they come up against. And I just think that's their style. I think all their players, I go down this list and see names and I just think hardworking, gritty, grindy, horrible to play against. I see names like Kovacic, Brozovic, Perisic again, Mislav Orsic, who I know from Spurs' time in the Europa League where he utterly ripped us apart for Dinamo Zagreb and he was horrible to play against. Yashko Guardiol, um, just players that are going to be horrible to play against. And I think they are going to grind all their opponents down to the bone. And I fancy them to go not necessarily deep into the tournament, but I think they'll make it as far as the quarters. I just so. don't think – I don't see – like every person you said for the most part is plays in midfield or defense. I just don't see where Modric is – I don't see the great player that Modric is going to be able to play the ball to to make like how good of a technician – because he is one of the world's best technicians. I just don't think – that he has anyone to play the ball to that's going to make it worth his while to score those right. goals. You might be right. Um, I, I would back Perisic to be in those areas. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to give it, I don't know if he's actually going to start or not, but just keep an eye on Miss live Orsic. I think he's a dangerous player. I think he could surprise some people coming into the tournament. Um, he has enough caps recently to suggest to me that he will start. And I think he should, because I, I think he's a, a good player based on what I saw from him. The reason I have Canada last, lack of experience in tournaments, um, the kind of miracle run in qualifying that they had, I think, yeah, they were great in qualifying. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they um, obviously deserve to win the group, but I do think a lot of that was momentum-based. Not that I don't believe they can take that into the tournament, but I just don't 100% see that they have the quality to hold out in a situation against teams like Belgium or Croatia that quite frankly, send them to orbit on paper. So I, I just don't see that Canada have the experience necessary in these tournament situations or quite frankly, the the quality in the squad to make this happen. Of course, players like Alfonso Davis, Jonathan David, they're going to be in, in and amongst things, but I just don't, see them having a good tournament unfortunately i just don't think there's enough there for me so that's what i've got on that group moving along to group g now this contains the other tournament favorites and my pick to win the tournament brazil uh along with cameroon and perpetual group mates serbia and switzerland i feel like they are always together they always play each other in every tournament it's always a spicy game, too, because of all the Albanians who play in the Swiss team. Yeah. Which I'm so excited for that game again. That's going to be such a good game. So what are our thoughts on this group? I mean, Brazil, are they convincing tournament favorites to you, Reese, as opposed to Argentina? Yeah, I haven't gone through the full uh, knockout predictions yet, but I think just off the dome, they would probably be who I picked to win the whole thing. Same, yeah. Same for me. Yeah, I haven't done the whole bracket either, but. They were a close second for me to pick. I think they definitely win the group, and I think 
Switzerland also easily gets second in the group. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I My just don't think. very tame. I think it's probably the same as you. It's yeah. Uh, Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon. Unless Mitrovic absolutely lights the world on fire, which could happen, which I would not be well, surprised. Is he injured? Yes. Never mind. So, I think right. They did take him so he could play, but I know he didn't start the last three or he didn't play at all in the last three games for Fulham. So never mind. I don't know. 100% right. know. He is he is at the tournament though, so he could still play, but uh, I, I totally like, agree. Yeah, I kind of imagine he won't. I would kind of be like one of those like Marco Verratti situations that like the last year I was like, oh, he might play. And then it's just constantly training to get back the entire tournament and then at that point like there's no reason to bring him back in and i feel like he's sort of the emotional leader of that team too so even if he is injured bringing him makes a certain amount of sense yeah as much as i back brazil to win the whole thing i am always impressed every time i watch switzerland play yeah so oh yeah i would not be surprised if they uh make it very difficult for brazil in this group i agree i I would be – I'm excited slash nervous to see Neymar play because I love watching Neymar play. But every time – the last World Cup just kind of like tainted my view on him. So I'm really hoping he controls the diving and the rolling a little bit more than last time. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it, but I hope so too. I think pretty easy group, honestly. I think – Maybe, of course, we say that, and this will be the one that we all get wrong. But um, I think we all are in agreement in terms of that particular prediction. Mm-hmm. One last group, which I think is one of the more difficult ones to call, actually. Um, maybe I'm alone in that prediction, but the group uh, consists, of course, of uh, Ghana, South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. And... Other than Ghana, I could see any of these teams winning the group. I don't. I think South Korea is obviously pretty pretty unlikely to do that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm actually got to hear Ghana your above South Korea. Okay, so maybe I'm just a chump. I I don't know. I think it's the partly the Thomas Party effect because I think he's phenomenal. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. He just is. Um, but also, I I don't know South Korea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have a logical reason as to why I think Ghana could do better. I think to be, I think it's, it's statistics. I feel like one of the African teams has to do uh, decently well. And I was looking through and like all of the African teams that I ranked were all last in the group. So I think Ghana will not be. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I I do have, I'll talk, or I'll let you. Yeah. You go ahead, Josh. I have Uruguay winning uh, the group just because that knockout game against Portugal, they utterly dominated them in the last World Cup. I think they have a very, like, they're one of the few teams where, like, yes, their core is getting older, but they also have a very clear core, young core that's also coming through the team. Like, I I really like Uruguay. I have them in the semifinal. I have Denmark beating them. But I really like them. I really like their squad is developing – very well, very differently from the way that most squads develop. I just, I like what Uruguay has, and I, I, Portugal. I think without Ronaldo is still a good team, or without a 
in form Ronaldo is still a good team. I just don't know how good they can actually be. I've and got the classic. first. He always performs national at a national level, international level. I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, but he was okay in the last Euros, and then also they're qualifying like. Half of his records came when he was scoring against like the Faroe Islands. Sure, but I don't know. I, I also like Portugal squad. I actually think Portugal squad uh, overall is very comparable to your guys. So I, I yeah, I have Portugal first. I would not be surprised if it was flipped. Um, but I don't know if it's as obviously Uruguay dominated Portugal the last game they played against each other, but. I don't know if it's as clear cut now as it was then. Um, I, and I, I like a lot of players in the Portugal squad. So I, I think they're going to get first. I do think it'll be close. So I think your guys second. And then, yeah, like I said, I've got Ghana and then South Korea. The more I look at Portugal squad, actually, the more impressed I am with it. That being said, I also have Uruguay winning the group. Um, I, just think there's so many selection problems with Portugal in terms of there's this whole quandary about how Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo can't play together at club level and at international level that their styles just don't mix well. Bernardo Silva is someone that we haven't seen a lot from this season. I think a lot of their players just have a certain amount of question marks over them in terms of how well are they going to play? Of course you have your ever present players who are, 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 are going to be good in the tournament the likes of Ruben Neves, I would say, will be good in the tournament. Um, Shout-out inclusion, Jaw Polina, who's had a good season at Fulham. I think he could get some yeah. games. Uh, Pepe, still in the squad, rather unbelievably. Yes, that <laughs> Pepe, the same one. Uh, I can't believe he's still on the team, but he is. Ruben Neves also is there. Um, not Ruben Neves, I'm so sorry. Ruben Diaz, Ruben Diaz. also there in defense. Yeah, so I think they are a formidable opponent. However, I liken Uruguay to Croatia a lot. I think they're just a grindy team that's going to get under the skin of players. They also have my beloved Rodrigo Bentancur, which I think is a huge difference maker. Um, Luis Suarez, who is now playing in Uruguay, by the way, uh, is gonna. This is going to be his final World Cup. Whether or not he sees a huge amount of time on the field is is up to debate, of course. Um. Yeah, that's all I have. I have South Korea coming third. I just think their squad is better than Ghana's. I think they have someone who can win the match by himself in Sun Heung-min, as we talked about. And I have Ghana coming last. Not out of any disrespect to Ghana. I just am not inspired by their squad. I do enjoy uh, the look of uh, Tariq Lamptey at right uh, right back. I think Thomas Partey in midfield is a good player, of course. Podcast favorite, on, or, uh, <laughs> Jordan Ayew. It's going to be tearing it up, of course. <laughs> also, a few t- a few other players like Inyaki Williams, who I didn't know changed his nationality to Ghana. Uh, that's an interesting one. And then, of he course... He used to be Spain. Spanish, right? yeah. And then, uh, of course, you have Premier League regular Daniel Lamardi. You can have opinions on him one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I think that's my synopsis on that group. Reese, did you give your uh, prediction for who's going to win the tournament? Brazil. Brazil? Okay, yeah. me too. I think Josh has Argentina as well, but close second to to, to Brazil. Or, or Brazil, close second to Argentina. 
I think that's all I have uh, for our World Cup preview show. Oh, let's give a prediction on Golden Boot winners if you can scratch your head enough to to figure it out. I didn't write this down before, so I'm going to have to come up with one very quickly. Going after today, I'm just going to go with Bukayo Saka. I'm as well. <laughs> no way. Um, I mean, I'm tempted to say Harry Kane, even though it probably won't be him this time. I'm going to say... Goalless in the first... Wait, no, they score. No, he did score, but that is six amazing. goals and he didn't score, which isn't a dig. He was he was great in the game. Yeah, he was good. Just played more of a creative role. I did this to myself. I asked for a golden boot prediction and then can't figure one out. <laughs> I've got to stick with. I'll talk while you think. Yeah, I've got okay. to stick with Saka because I he's been he, he is now my dedicated pick as the guy. Uh, <laughs> to quote Spike, it's TM. Um, yeah, he's the guy. Uh, who's gonna have. You know, he's going to have a fantastic tournament. Tournament? What did I say? Terminant? Tournament. Um, given all the context behind the Euros and all that stuff. So um, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to pick Lionel Messi. I think that's fair. I don't need to explain that, I don't think. Um, all right. I think that's good on our preview. I think we will leave it there. I think everyone needs to leave their predictions in the comments as well. Tell us where you think all the groups are going to end up. Give us your full predictions if you want. Um, tell us why we're wrong. Tell us who you think is going to win the golden boot. All those things. We want to hear from you. Um, I'm guessing the Stars just lost based on the face. That uh, you made. Yeah, we lost. The, it went to a shootout. Uh, we lost. Yeah, fair enough. But um, we want to say a huge thanks to Reese for joining us. Of course, yeah. I'm glad we can make it. I'm glad it's uh, it's happening. It was so fun watching the game today. I'm excited we're all getting together for the uh, USA-England game on Friday. And then we're also seeing, speaking of Dallas Stars, we're seeing a Stars game that night as well. So, yeah, it's all happening. And I thank you to Josh, who's about to show us the jersey of the week as well. I am. So, this is uh, – yeah, thanks for listening in. Hopefully, you've made it this far. So, I'm – I have not bought this sports jersey in well, – it's probably been like six or seven years at this point. Maybe, yeah, about six or seven. So I bought my first football jersey in a very long time. I bought a Washington football team throwback jersey with Terry McLaurin on the back. I just really liked it. I like the burgundy. I really like the gold. I just enjoyed watching them this season. It was like, okay, it's like 80 something bucks. Um, yeah, it's been, I, I enjoy it. And I've been enjoying football a lot more the last like year and a half than I had in a long time. I think I had burnout from playing it for like six years. So I think understandable. It, um, and I just had a little bit easier means to watch it the last couple of years. And I've enjoyed it a lot more. And on the Jersey front, I have two more on the way that are one is one that I buy semi-regularly at this point and is an absolute meme, but is also just like a really good Jersey and a great player right now. And then yes, but a, brat. a little mini teaser that I bought like an hour <laughs> after it dropped on the website that I use. And then, um, the other one is a is going to be my first jersey from this sport that should be in by the knockout stage pod that we do, the post-group stage one, if we're doing it the same way we planned on before. 
and you're not going to tell us what that sport is. I'm not. I'm going to okay. let everyone kind of piece it together. It will. No, that one's going to be too obvious. I'm just going to let everybody stew on it. Yes, but see... Pratt. No, that one is not going to ship until like December, mid-December. I don't care. I just wanted to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And of course, our final thank you. Unless, uh, sorry, Josh, am I interrupting? Oh, you're good. Okay, Thanks good. for joining. A lot of fun. Normal stuff. Good enough send off for me. We'll see you next week. We love you all, and it's goodbye from us. <laughs> <laughs>